Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brenning and Jack McEnroe. They'll be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. everyone and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host Robert Brining. This evening I am joined by the fabulous Jack McEnroe. Jack, how are you? <laughs> I'm tan. You're tan in Miami? <laughs> I am. I'm so happy. I'm good. It's unfortunately my last day and I go back to New York, but it's good because I'm going on a bunch of speaking tours. So, But I had a great relaxing vacation and it's all good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, great. How was your Thanksgiving? Did you do anything special or? Um, kind of. I mean, I'm not a big like my family's all in Seattle, so I don't really do. They have a kind of extended family thing there, but I really, I rarely get back there. So I just went to uh, a hotel, the uh, the hotel, the Delano, and here and had like a Thanksgiving dinner. They had a Thanksgiving menu, and it was fun. Just like you know friends, that kind of thing. How about you? That's good. Um, actually, uh, we had Thanksgiving at home for the first year, and it was awesome. Joe made a, a great Thanksgiving dinner. His family came down, um, and we had it here for once. We didn't have to go and travel anywhere, so it was nice. Oh, good. Yeah, it was cool. It was the first Thanksgiving without my family, so it was a little different, but it, it was good to you know not have to go anywhere and just relax all day. Yeah, I always well, people, are like, people are like, don't you <clears> – <throat> miss your family and my family's nuts so I love them all separately but if you get them together invariably someone gets super drunk and then there's a big fight so I'm like <laughs> I'll just have them come visit me one at a time in New York is much better so <laughs> so, uh, so I guess you're not one of those people who are out shopping on Black Friday are you you know actually I'm a, it's so funny because since I don't really I'm not a holiday person like I, I'm the kind of person that gives gifts when I think about it. I don't really, like, plan on, like, Christmas. I mean, of course, I give presents on Christmas, but, like, I just don't really, like, force merriment and force celebrations. I don't. So I went grocery shopping on Thanksgiving Day, and I forgot. And I was like, why is this market so damn crowded? It's so crazy. And, like, and then I was like, Oh, yeah, I'm an idiot. It's freaking Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then the next day, I forgot, too, about Black Friday because I don't shop like that. And I went to go buy because I'm, I, you know, I just finished the place in Miami. And so I'm still buying, like, I need a new coffee machine and whatever. And I went into Best Buy, and it was, like, a line around the block. And I'm like, why is it so? Oh, right, it's Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's a, so. It is something. It is an adventure in itself. Um, me and my sisters go out every Black Friday. It's like a tradition. Uh, me and my one sister, and this year my younger sister joined us for the first time. And my niece, who's 13, 13, going to be 14 actually on World AIDS Day, December 1st, um, she was out with us too, standing in line to get her own presents. It was kind of funny. <laughs> Because she wanted, you know, an Xbox, so we made her stand in line for three hours to get her an Xbox. Oh my gosh! But but it was an adventure. We were out. I didn't get home until about six thirty after shopping all night, and we started at seven p.m. on Thanksgiving. Oh my god! Well, you're a good sport. I just can't. I do all my Christmas shopping online, unless I see something really amazing that I know someone that would like. I'm like, well, especially in New York. I mean, have you been Christmas shopping in New York? No. That is, that's the slice of hell that you never want to experience. Like, <laughs> I lost my mom at Macy's once because it's so crowded. And my mom is kind of like, I mean, she's almost 70 now. So she should mean not like that she's, you know, not all there. But she just, there's so many people and she's from Seattle. And I'm like, do not let go of my hand because you will be gone in a sea of people. Well, of course, five minutes later. Like, and then over the loudspeaker. 
was like, will some, will Jack McEnroe please come and claim his mother in, when I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. So funny. So. That's funny. That is funny. Yeah. Tonight, um, we have a, our guest is on, on hold, um, so I want to bring him on. Um, tonight, I did want to uh, talk a little bit about the topic of coming out as uh, somebody living with HIV and um, how important it is for people like you know Jack and and me and everyone else who's living with HIV to come out and be a voice for those who don't have um, the courage maybe to stand up and share their story. Um, and one way that people have been coming out as living with HIV is this great campaign that uh, Jeff Berry and Positively Aware magazine has created called A Day with HIV in America, which is September 21st. Um, it's an awesome photo essay campaign, and um, I'll have him come on and talk about it um, and talk about why he chose the photos he did for this year. So please help me welcome Jeff Berry to the show. Welcome, Jeff. Hi. Thanks, Robert. How are you? Good. How are you? Hi, Jeff. Good. Hi, Jack. How are you? I'm good. I just so, saw you like five minutes ago. <laughs> I know. Yes. Uh, yeah. Jack uh, was at the U.S. Conference on AIDS, and Robert, you weren't there, though, were you? No, I wasn't. I uh, wasn't in my budget. Yeah. Well, we missed you, but uh, it was a good conference, and it was here in Chicago, so it was great to have the uh, conference here in in my hometown. And um, I think it was a good conference. I um, um, I got a lot of good feedback, and um, I'm sure, Jack, you looked like you were busy at the booth you were working at. So Yeah, um, well, and our booths happened to be, you know, just coincidentally right across from each other. So, right. um, But, I, you know, when I, I, well, I don't really get to leave the booth very much because that's what my job is. But um, So I, I did run around the conference once, but actually what I liked, it seemed a little bit smaller and a little more intimate, and I loved the fact that they had a DJ. Like I don't, I don't remember ever having that before, and it's just like when in the middle of the day when you're kind of t- tired and dragging a little bit, like all of a sudden Beyonce would come on. I'm like, this is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, is you know, it, it. Go ahead. Is that the conference that is ran by Paul Kawada? Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. National Minority AIDS Council um, sponsors the conference, and uh, and Paul's the executive director of that. Right. Right. Which, if you don't, you should look him up. He's hilarious. He's a piece of work, that one. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, and uh, Mondo, I guess Mondo presented him with a jacket. I wasn't there for that luncheon, um, unfortunately, but um, he designed a jacket for Paul. Were you there? Yeah. I couldn't be there either because, like, we have to play dual. So when he's out, I have to man the booth. So there's one of us there at all times. But. Yeah, he made um, – well, Paul dresses crazy. If you, if, for those of you listening that don't know Paul, he's hilarious. And he wears crazy, crazy clothes anyway. So Mondo designed this um, – it was this black – really. the fabric was really cool. It was hard to see probably on stage. but And then it had the lapel – Some I, I don't really – like there was neon on the one of the pocket welds, and then the lapel was asymmetrical, and part of it was, I think, pink, and then – Purple. It was. It was. Ruby. It was very Paul. Oh. <laughs> so. Well, it was yeah. Fun. Um, fun. It was a good conference, but uh, yeah, it was. Um, it was one of those things where you know I was been been on the steering committee for the conference, and um, uh, for 14 months, you know, we've really been working hard at this, and uh, it was. We were just glad that uh, uh, so many people came. I think they had about 3,000 people here in Chicago. So I know they've had in previous years they've had more than that, but. Um, but it was still it was a really good turnout, and I think everyone had a good conference experience. So. Yeah, I, told, I heard from a lot of people that the, the, all the sessions were really good, and um, and I know the the session Mondo spoke at. There was um, uh, David Furnish, Elton John's partner, talked about the probably Elton's. I didn't get to see that unfortunately because I was at the booth. But um, yeah, and I think there was a lot of great speakers I heard, and so yeah, con- congratulations for putting all that on. It was. You know, I think the economies had everyone, and a lot of people I know were like, "I just can't afford to go. I'd love to, but but right. the people that were there had a had a good experience." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I was going to say I, I hope to attend um, the one next year because I know every year they change the focus on who they, um, you know, I guess the focus is that year, and this year it was uh, gay men, right? Right. Right. Right, so that's why um, Jack mentioned that they had David Furnish and they had Don Lemon, um, and they had um, 
gosh, somebody else I'm forgetting right now, but so they had a uh, Wal Mondo and so they had a lot of really great, you know, people uh talking and speaking at a lot of the sessions and um some of the plenaries um and really focusing in on uh gay men and HIV. And I know next year it's in Las Vegas. I don't I'm not sure which the the po- target population is next year, but should be um that should be a good destination for folks. Chicago in November can be a little iffy, but <laughs> it wasn't bad. <laughs> it, wasn't it was a bad. little nippy here and there, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah. So, so Jeff, tell us. Um, you know, we had you on last month, and we talked about uh, a day with HIV in America. For people who may not have listened to uh, that episode, can you kind of just fill them in and give them a little summary of what that was all about? Sure. Um, so, uh, a day with HIV in America. We uh, started last year, and my art director Rick Guasco came to me with the idea, um, and uh, we decided to run with it with very little budget, but um, through social networking and Facebook and Twitter and and so forth, we were able to get the word out and got um, people to, on one day, September 21st, take a photo to show what it means to live with HIV, whether, you know, they were HIV positive or just affected by HIV. Um, But the whole idea was to really take the photo on one day and kind of create this virtual community of of people um raising awareness about uh HIV and the stigma and try to you know try to tear away and break down the stigma that's often associated associated with you know having HIV um so this year was our second year and um we had over 160 photos um submitted and uh we had about 30 that we showed in the magazine, but they're all available. Uh, all the photos are online at a day with HIV in America.com. And, um, and we had about, uh, like I said, I think 30 photos within the magazine. Jack you participated this year. And, uh, you know, Jack had a great photo. Um, and, you know, each photo has its own little story that goes with it. So, you know, people would submit captions to kind of describe, you know, what the photo um, to try to, you know, tell a story in Jack's, you know, uh, Jack, if you want to talk about your photo. Um, but I thought it was particularly, you know, interesting and just the uh, the the fact that you wore a T-shirt, you know, that said positive on it and you were on the subway and you had someone that you didn't even know take the picture and it really just talked, you know, that just was very powerful image in itself. Um, and yeah, all- I mean, basically for people that haven't seen it, but you can, I'm sure, go online and look at it. What I what I did is I I have a a, a, a t-shirt, it's a black t-shirt, and on the front in white it says positive, like very boldly, and I just wore it all day, and and I've worn it before, um, not all day. I wore it for photo shoots and stuff, and to make a statement, but I was like, this, let me see how I feel. Because it got me thinking during this whole project of, like, how can I do a photo that's, you know, I've been living with HIV for 22 years. I could take pictures of my meds or something. But it's like I wanted it to be something that's not so so obvious. I wanted to think kind of outside the box. So um, I wore the shirt all day. And, and, you know, you become very conscious of the stigma of, you know, even though I feel, I always say, oh, I don't feel it anymore and, but when you're wearing it on your chest, you do. And I don't even know if people knew what that meant necessarily. It was just the word positive. It didn't say HIV positive. It just said positive. So people could have taken that however they want. Um, but, yeah, it was it was an interesting thing to just have that word be there and have people look at me and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what they're thinking and I'm, you know, making assumptions about what they're thinking and, it was just a very interesting, you know, psychological, sociological sort of experiment. And then when I had the woman take the picture, I had her taken on the subway. I was riding the subway, and um, you know, I just went up to this woman I didn't know, and I was like, "Hi, I'm participating in this photo essay. Will you take this picture of me?" And she took. She's like, "I'll take as many as you want." She took like ten pictures, and I picked the best one. And, <laughs> And yeah, but I, it was like, she didn't, it was weird. No one asked me what, I mean, people, obviously all my friends and everyone who knows me know that I'm HIV positive, so that wasn't an issue. Um, but, you know, no one asked me about it. it. It was weird. It was, it was interesting. It was, you know, that's, I think, the best word to describe it. Like, it was interesting for me to confront it in that way. And it was interesting to see people's reactions on what I assumed they would be thinking or not thinking. So, so yeah, I mean, I think, 
No, no, no one came out flat out to ask me, which, you know, I mean, but I think that's the thing with all the photos. Everyone's photo has a different story or reasons for being, and um, that's why I think that the whole project was really just great, you know? It's funny, Jack, when I saw your photo, I was waiting for you to start singing. Oh, what a feeling. <laughs> oh, God. Because <laughs> you're in the subway. <laughs> He's referencing my my flash dance video, which please don't look for it if you if you haven't seen it because it's horrifying. <laughs> oh my! No, no, it's great. So Jeff, tell me about some of these other photos because some of these are like amazing, like the one of the little little uh, the baby. Oh, uh, Philip. That was taken. Yeah. Of Philip. Um, it was funny. I was looking at uh, the magazine. I had it in front of me, but I was looking at it with a friend, and a friend of mine goes, "Why would somebody put a baby photo in there?" And then I literally read the bio out to them, exactly what it says, reading, you know, the story of, you know, of Philip, how his mother was infected during pregnancy and showed up that he was positive at six months old, and now he's almost two and has been undetectable and healthy, you know, and all that information. And then they're like, oh, well, that's why. Now it makes sense. So I think putting these photos, you know, with HIV lets people really see that it affects everybody. It's not just the gay men. It's not just the, you know, black women. It's everybody, all ages. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's for me. That photo was like, it's the one that really you know moves me and really sticks with me. But there are some other really um, you know interesting photos as well. And again, it's I think it's the stories that go that that uh, are behind the photos. So there's one of a guy who you know actually has never really come out about his status, and he was doing it in the magazine, you know, for the first wow. time. And um, and it was a picture of him taking his pills. Um, but you know, it was, it's just, uh, in stories, you know, in Robert, like what you said about diversity in, in the photos is what really strikes me as well is, is that there are so many different, there's photos of, you know, um, families and children and, and HIV positive parents with their negative children and negative children with their, or positive children with their negative parents and serodiscordant couples and, and people who work in the industry who aren't necessarily HIV positive, but are doing the work, um, um, and there's a, there was a, a photo of a woman who had AIDS 18 years ago, and she stayed in her home all these years, and just only recently came out and started going to an art class and started, you know, discovered painting, and now she's, you know, she gets out and she goes to, you know, uh, you know, support groups and you know does painting, and it's just like it's just like. These stories are just so powerful, not only the images, but the stories behind them. And so, and I think it really speaks to the diversity of people that are affected by HIV. And we sometimes think, you know, it's, you know, it's this certain community or, or it's this type of person, and it's not. It can be anyone. It can be the person sitting next to you on the trains. Exactly. Exactly. That's the scary part about it all. And you know, when people who are familiar with. Um, the magazine or picking it up or go to your local ASO and, and, and picking it up. If you fumble through, you'll see photos of, of people you know who you've heard on here, like Jack and, and Dad is on here with Dad, the Ace Bear, and Justin. And it, so it's great to see familiar faces out there yeah. still doing their thing. So I, I, I think that's great that you have people like Dab and Jack in there who are, you know, long-term survivors who need to be, you know, always spotlighted on to give others hope. Absolutely. Um, and, and the other, you know, the photo that, really sticks out with me too is um the one of the women who was at a conference and uh she it was a church conference Pastor Ingram? yeah yes yeah she's from philly here okay oh great so you know her yeah yeah yeah. i know her. she's actually going to be on the show in a couple of weeks oh great well i'll have to be sure to tune in um that's just such a powerful photo in in the sense and her caption was you know she as she moved through the crowd you know people would because she was wearing a red HIV positive T-shirt, and the rest of the crowd, um, you know, was a church gathering. Uh, she was out of state. She was, you know, I think um, visiting in Florida for this conference, mm-hmm. and people would see her, and then they would turn away, and you know, not really acknowledge her. But she was so um, just to, to even have the courage to kind of do something like that. Just, just, it's just amazing testament to the people that are out there that are you know, willing to really, you know, work at breaking down the stigma and it's one piece at a time, you know. It's 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 actions like this that will really uh, help to raise awareness and um so we you know, we're really honored to be able to showcase some of the people and some of the stories behind them. 
and I think that it's it's also important because you know as as uh, HIV doesn't have an awareness month. There's nothing that is really you know specific for that. So to have another day besides World AIDS Day or or just another testing day, I think to have a day to celebrate you know living life with HIV is so important. And I applaud this campaign, and I am always a supporter. And I think it's just amazing what you're doing because. People need that voice and need that hope, and that's what this campaign is doing. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate that. And you participated both last year and this year. And last year, your picture, I remember that very vividly with a pumpkin and that yeah. big, huge pumpkin. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and this year, you were at a conference, I think, um, when, in yeah, your photo. In Philly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. great, um, you know. And and kudos to you and and Jack both both you guys for the work that you do and helping to raise awareness and you know breaking down the stigma. It's like I say, you know, it's gonna it's, it takes a community of of individuals and uh, but you know it's baby steps one you know one brick at a time will will break down the stigma. I totally agree with you, and and I thank you that you know. You're doing. You're a big part of breaking down that stigma. And I always say the stigma starts with us. Us living with the disease are the ones that need to end the stigma by coming out and being that voice. Right. Absolutely. Um, there's a. I don't know if you saw. There was a report um, also recently that, um, of George Michael um, having um, pneumonia. He went in the hospital for pneumonia, um, and. <clears throat> And I don't know if if he he's never you know I don't I'm not saying he's HIV positive but the publicist came out with a statement saying that you know immediately deflecting any kind of rumors that it's anything but just regular pneumonia um, mm-hmm. and any other rumors are unfounded and untrue and and then the, now there's all this you know rumors swirling around and it's just it's <clears throat> I mean right there it just tells you we still have so far to go whether or not he has hiv you know it doesn't matter it's it's it shouldn't be a big deal um i assume he doesn't but if he did you know it would be like you know it'd be like this huge story um and and it's like why is it why is it why is there still so much stigma associated with um you know having hiv or even you know if even if it's thought that you might have it you know it's like Oh my God! It's a huge. It's going to be a huge story. It's. it's well, just I, I mean, I, I still. I, I. It's shocking to me that. I mean, I get it, and I get specific people's circumstances, but especially celebrities that have like. I mean, George Michael. The, the you know, let's. He's a hypothetical example. He may or may not be whatever, but I I know a lot of household names. Right, famous people that are HIV positive and fairly open about it in their private circles, but it's like they could make such a difference by speaking about it openly, but they just fear the ramifications. And it's like, I kind of, I get it. And I especially get it when someone is, you know, just getting by and whatever, but you know, when you have millions of dollars and it's like at the end of the day, at the end of your life, do you want to be like, happy that you made another $50 million or the fact that you changed the way people think about something and affected millions of people's lives. Like, right. I don't know. Yeah. I know. It's always a question. I wonder if I were in that situation, what, what I would do. I don't know. It's yeah. a hard call. Yeah, it is. It's, it's an individual, you know, it's a personal decision that people have to come to, I guess. Um, and you know it's different for everyone, and it's whatever you know wherever you are in in your in your journey and this is true for celebrities or just for you know anyone um yeah you know it's just it's a very personal decision and 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 you'll know when the time's right, and when it's right, you know you'll make that you know leap i guess but it's it's a big leap for anyone um and you know you'll see it in in this photo essay, but you'll you'll see it you know in anyone who you know you come in contact with who who uh, has HIV or has even been affected by it. You know it's it's um, it's still, um, but I think it you know because there's still so much stigma associated. But I think for the majority of people, I think once they are able to come out of, about it, it um, at least in this country. Um, and uh, in the developed world, I think you know it can be, it can lift a huge burden off your shoulders. 
Um, but I'm, I, you know, I'm not advocating that everyone needs to do it. But I think, um, you know, it's once once you get past that point. Um, of course, I'm speaking, you know, from the luxury of living in a big city where, and working in an organization where I I have the luxury of being able to come out about my status, and you know, and it doesn't really affect my job. It doesn't affect my uh, insurance. It doesn't affect my friends or my families, in the in the sense that I I don't I won't feel like I'm going to be ostracized. And I think a lot of people still have that fear, and 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 it's a very real fear. Fear. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, hopefully, you know, um, again, you know, just I think through the work that you guys do and that we all do, hopefully, it'll it'll help to raise awareness. Well, and I also hope, you know, and I say to people, I'm like. If you're on the fence about it, it is difficult. I don't think it's, I mean, even, you know, for me to say, or I was, where was I somewhere recently? And, um, oh, I had, I was in, I was actually in Chicago and I met a bunch of people that I know through Twitter who I don't really know. And I was like, oh, I'm in Chicago. I'm like, oh, we should all hang out. And um, two of them were straight women and they didn't really know about, like, the work I do. And, and they're like, why are you here? And I'm like, oh, I'm here for the AIDS conference. And they were, of course, at a bar, so they were kind of drunk. And she's like, the what? And I'm like, the AIDS conference. And she's like, what's that? Like, she didn't hear me, right? And I'm like, AIDS, you know, AIDS, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. And she's like, oh. And then I was like, God, this feels really out-person. <laughs> so <laughs> even for me in that moment, I was like, this is weird. So I know how that can be. And I feel like I always try to say to people who are kind of on the fence, and I don't feel like telling them it's like and that always has a ripple effect you know I mean she may have gone and told the story to her family or you never know and, and that in this and breaking on the stigma is it's it's a process that folds in on itself or builds in on itself I think is a better way of describing and it's like you know we talk about it and then you know maybe someone else gets the courage to talk about it and and so on and so on and eventually it's just like homophobia where you know, it's never going to go away because there's always going to be people that disagree with whatever you do. But the more people feel comfortable with it and feel comfortable talking about it, the less, the, you know, the less scary it seems and the less judgment is placed upon it. Absolutely. Right. No, I totally agree with you. Uh, real quick, I just want to open up the phone lines. Uh, I know we have some people on hold. I'm going to bring them on. Uh, 347-215-9442. Call us here to show your questions. Uh, let me bring on area code 941. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, it's Danny calling from Florida. Hello, Jack. Hello, Jeff. And hello, Robert. It's been forever. Hello, how hey, are hey. you? Hi, hi. Hi, hi. Uh, Jeff, I just want to applaud you. I'm a small town, and um, I'm on my speakers bureau, and I once in a while get out and speak. And um, my theory is, and I've said this a million times, if I reach one person, my job is done. I can't reach everybody because I talk, I, I mainly talk at addiction centers because that's how the whole thing started. You know, so I have rednecks and I have, you know, more rednecks and I have, you know, 16-year-old <laughs> little girls. And, you know, it's a very, very mixed bag, oh, nuts. But I feel that, you know, if I reach one person, hey, guess what? They're going to tell a person and they're going to tell a person. And none of us single-handedly can do anything to stop the stigma, but together, eventually, you know, it's got to stop. I can handle the homophobia thing. I've dealt with that all my life, but, you know, HIV is a treatable disease, and it's not like, you know, 30 years ago where, you know, you get lesions and they give you AZT and you live for a month and you die. You know, there's a lot of antiretrovirals out there, you know, and it is, it's, it's a treatable disease, and um, I'm still in the process of pursuing my disability hearing and the disability people say that it's a treatable disease so you have to come up with other ailments and and such but i'm i'm hopeful that i'll get it and um my my disability that is and um anyway keep up the great work jack you're always the fabulous jack mcfarland fabulous you are fabulous, <laughs> you are fabulous. anyway I, I love your pictures and um you uh i think you I think you did a photo shoot on my birthday, and where's my free calendar, bitch? <laughs> hey, hey, lady, email me, and I'll send you one. Will you really? Of course. I would, oh, I would love that. Yeah. Will you sign it? Yeah, yeah. Will you sign, will you sign yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, you made my day. All right. Anyway, gentlemen, no thank you. Thanks for taking my call. It's always a pleasure. Robert, I really want to do a follow up when you have when you have uh, an opening sometime because a lot man. of stuff that's happened to me. A lot of stuff. You got it's it, man. Good. Have a great night. Thanks for calling. All right. All right. You take care, guys. Thank you, Bye-bye. Danny. Bye bye. All right. Next area code I got on hold two one three. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is John. Hi, John. How are you? I am well, thank you. I'm enjoying the show. Um, Good. Thanks for tuning I in. Wanted, well, I wanted to know if you wanted to address at all the stigma that still pervades the LGBT community surrounding HIV and some of the prejudices that are still unfortunately present within that community. Oh, well, it's huge. I mean, um, John, it's, you know, it's something uh, I think there's different levels of it. Um, I think there are, there's a very, um, there's one that's very on the surface that if you have, uh, if you have, you know, any side effects from the medication such as lipodystrophy, which I have, um, so you'll have, if, if you have like, you know, sunken cheeks in your face or, um, you know, if you have, you know, what they call the look, um, there, there's definitely a stigma associated with that. That's, um, that's very tangible. That you can see people's reactions sometimes, or, um, and there. But there, then there's also, there. I think there's a more subtle uh, reaction um, or a stigma when you know you learn of someone's status, um, and I think it's something that is uh, even more dangerous. I think because it's really hard to even. Um, it, it drives people away from getting tested. It drives people from disclosing. It, it drives people away from even seeking treatment. So there's a lot of um, there's definitely a lot of stigma, and there's a lot of issues there um, that we really need to address. And I think you know part of uh, is, I think that's what you're referring to, John, right? Correct. The HIV within within the LGBT in, in, community. In part, but also I. Let's, let me just say, I'm I'm not positive, but I have had a positive partner in the past. That said, I'm interested in advocating for a more uh, normalizing uh, perspective within the community where we can wipe out that prejudice. Because if we're not together, we fall apart. Yeah, I see, John. Oh, I also... I'm sorry, I'm talking over you. Well, I just think that um, part of it, I mean, that is, it's totally true. And I think it's 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 not just the LGBT community. I think it's everyone. And I think a lot of times until people are faced very directly in terms of like having a partner or a family member or someone very close to them with HIV, they sort of don't educate themselves. And especially in the LGBT community, we should definitely be knowing about it and talking about it. But people like to put their head in the sand. And I think that has a ton of ramifications in terms of, I mean, anyone who's positive has had been rejected by a potential partner because of their status or they just magically never get a call back. Or I mean, that happens all the time. Um, you know, I've had people reach out to me and say, like, oh, I just got this you know, ma- nasty message on some profile because I disclosed my status and even a gay man said, I'm going to burn in hell because I'm giving AIDS to people. Like, this didn't happen to me personally, but I've heard horror stories. So I think that kind of stuff is totally pervasive and totally damaging. And it's, it's you know, I think a lot of times we're our harshest, you know, enemies in a lot of bizarre ways. That's my two cents. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 tough, but I think you know, in in the sense that um, I think if for for people to speak out about it, um, and I think in in the sense this campaign does that, but also I think you know, again, the work that uh, people such as you know Jack and and Robert and um, you know Danny who called in, you know, who are actually working in the field, who you know just just to be able to put a face on on the virus that I think it does uh, it helps to normalize it as you said and it, and it, and I think that's where we need to go without 
saying, you know, it's no big deal, but um, but but it is something that is that you can treat, and with the you know in, with the proper uh, precautions, you can protect yourself and your partner. Um, so that's where the education really comes in. But it, it, you have to take that first step and um, be you know have the courage to come out and uh, and disclose or or you know at least you know take care of yourself and your partner. Well, I think. Well, I think if there's more people like you, John, who are open to dating people who are HIV positive, uh, the world will be a better place. So I think, you know, that's something that hopefully people can take in and be more open-minded because we need more people like you to show people who are positive that there are no boundaries, that love, you know, is unconditional. So I appreciate you calling in and, and sharing a little bit about your story with us. Thank you, gentlemen. Keep up the wonderful work. I'll keep listening. Have a great Thanks, day. Thank you. Thank you. Next is area code 314. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, Robert. This is Aaron Laxon from St. Louis. How are you? Good, Aaron. How are you, man? And not too bad. I, I guess I just had a, a comment, and it's uh, uh, hi to Jeff and uh, Jack as well. Um, yeah. I, the comment I had was uh, I was recently counseling a young man who was recently diagnosed with HIV, and, you know, as you he was trying to deal with this in the first couple of days of this. Um, he told me that he was going to disclose his status to his family. Um, and uh, and I posted this in the room, but, you know, I asked him, you know, what are you hoping to achieve by doing this? Um, and for this young man, I suggested that he take a moment to breathe, to learn about this thing called HIV and how it's affecting him. Um so that he would be more prepared to answer the questions that that were going to be asked of him, um, right. because once once you pull that that trigger, figuratively speaking, and once you disclose your status, you can never take that back. Right. Um, it, it's just that train is on the track and it's going to go forever. Um, and then I, you know, beyond that, it's also important to realize that we are going to get those negative, uh, you know. Uh, responses from people like Jack had mentioned. Um, you know, I I have had my horror stories of disclosing my status. Um, I learned one time um, not to ever let someone come back to my house prior to me telling them that I was positive uh, um, because I I allowed someone to come home. I did not expect that it was going to get sexual. Um, once it got home, it did, and in that single moment, I was. You uh, made to feel like I was, you know, dirt. And so from right. then on, I said, you know, I'm going to disclose my status at the bar. It's far easier for someone to put me down. So I, those were just a couple of key points I wanted to point out. But it, I think for newly diagnosed people, it's important for us to encourage them to really think about what are you hoping to achieve with this. And yeah, I'll take your I, I, I think that, I, I think that's a really good perspective to add into it. I also think like you said, arming yourself with as much information as possible. I mean, I disclosed to my mom probably, I had a partner die in 94, and right afterwards, um, I mean, I think she knew obviously already because she's not an idiot and she's a nurse, but she didn't want to hear the words from my mouth because back then there weren't a lot of successful treatments, but I was doing really well, and I had, I mean, the, at least the knowledge and the buffer to say, listen, these are my numbers, these are, this is what treatment I'm on, this is the doctor that I'm seeing, everything's going well, I'm really taking care of myself, and that can, that can help a lot. But you're right, once it's, it's something not to think, I mean, obviously, I don't think very many people are flip, flippant about divulging their HIV status, but it is something that, you know, can, can be pretty major, and, and you need to think about it. No, I think I agree. It's, I think it's really uh, an important point that you bring up, Aaron. It's it's definitely um, it is important to make sure that it's a decision that you are under. You know, you understand exactly what you're getting yourself into when you do disclose. And so I think um, it's like I said. I don't think it's for everyone, and, and it's a very personal decision when you decide to do it. Um, and you know, it may be that you choose not to disclose, and that's you know, and that's okay. It's not. It's definitely. It's not. Uh, you know, it, unless it's to a partner, um, and um, or a very very close person that you trust. You know, you might start out that way once 
as you say, once you are armed with the information, you take a moment to breathe. I really like that. That's a great uh, piece of advice. Thank you guys for all your work uh, that you do, and uh, I will take the rest of the comments uh, off, off off air. So thank you guys. Thanks. Sounds good, Aaron. Thank you. And you guys can uh, – actually, Aaron was just on the show uh, two weeks ago. He runs a, a YouTube channel called uh, My HIV Journey. You have to check it out. It's pretty oh, good. okay. Uh, next, okay. next call on the air, area code 402. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, Robert. It's Janine. Janine, could you just lower your speakers? Yeah, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. <laughs> okay, there we go. Now, I was just calling because I love that you guys are talking about disclosure and – you know, earlier, um, obviously, like you two, you know, Jack and Robert, you both know a lot about my story. But um, what did Aaron said something earlier that he discloses status on YouTube to stop the rumor mill? Um, like, I guess I was just going to share it. But for me, I never had the chance, and I don't know if I ever discussed that with you. So if I'm boring, you tell me to shut up. But. Um, I never had the chance because, like, when I found out right away, my father told a bunch of people, and my one girlfriend that I'm not friends with anymore, like, she told a bunch of people. So I never had that chance to really choose whether or not I wanted to disclose that. But at the same time, I loved what Aaron said in that comment because I think that it's really important to take that power back as a person and to say, no, I'm going to tell my story. I know my story. I'm going to get my story right and I'm going to take that power away from you because that is something that I have found that people will use against you. And I think that that's really important. So I just wanted to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you, Janine. No, that's a really good point. You know, and I think, you know, both, you know, several of the callers have raised a really good point because um, there have been, and I know, you know, personally, you know, several people who, um we've actually you know who uh done stories on and um and we profiled them and and then years later they're they'll we'll get a phone call can you take our story off your website because you know for whatever reason and and um we're like okay and we'll do it but we we explain to the the person that you know uh, once you put the you know information out there, it's out there, um, and, and we do this you know going into the story uh, obviously, and we make sure that you know if this if someone's disclosing you know in, in the article um, because it, once it's out on the internet, it's like almost near next to impossible. We can no, take the story, it's we can, never never yeah, gone. Yeah, we can take the story off our website, but it's still going to come up in search engines, and you know it's 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 really almost virtually impossible to totally eliminate that. So you have to be really sure and really clear that that's something that you want, you know, that you're comfortable um, in doing. I've had that happen a few times. Um, people who came on the show and did an interview, uh, and they <laughs> call me back a year later and ask me to remove it. I have no yeah. problem doing it, but like you said, search engines takes a while for that index to clear out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was a good point, Janine. Uh, the next caller I have coming from area code 613. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, it's uh, Ryan calling from Canada. Hey, Ryan. And, uh, Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Uh, Jack, I love you. You're great. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually just had a question of um, I find homosexuality right now is kind of in a booming take right now uh, on a positive note um, you know there was such a stigma of it and it seems in the 90s and especially now it's becoming uh, a lot more mainstream and people are talking about it what do you think it's going to take in order for that such a negative stigma or view of HIV to be overcome and do you think celebrities like Annie Lennox, all she does with the uh, HIV. Um, do you think that helps, or do you think it hurts? Um, I anyone? That. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't think it could do anything but help. Um, you know, Annie's been a very strong proponent of, you know, um, uh, 
the stigma, hope the whole, you know, come she because she's not HIV positive at all, but she um, she wears a T-shirt to bring awareness to it and to try to normalize it, you know, in a sense, and um, to really raise awareness. And she's she's a really bright, you know, speaker, and she she goes around and, and uh, does a lot of conferences, international conferences, and um, and. Yeah. And she has a campaign, you know, in uh, her sing campaign in Africa, you know, for um, for uh, AIDS orphans. And so, um, I think you know, celebrities can do a lot to raise awareness, whether they're HIV positive or not. You know, Bono. You know, obviously, there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing really great work. Um, what's it going to take? Uh, I don't know. I think you know, it's it's just going to take time. I think, but I think with um, with so much, of, I have optimism, and I have faith that, uh, you know, the continued work that people, uh, good work that, you know, some really great people are doing um, that will eventually one day get to a point where um, it, the stigma really will be an, a non-issue. No, that's very true. I mean, and I, I also think you can draw, like I said before, with homophobia or any sort of, you know, civil rights movement or um, there's always parallels and, you know, racism, uh, it, it's never done. There's always going to be people that don't, are going to think the way that they want to think regardless of the amount of information that's given. But it's like, we just have to continue to make progress in terms of, you know, educating, normalizing, dispelling some of the myths, taking away from the fear. And, you know, yes, celebrities are great because they draw attention. So if they're, um, someone like Annie Lennox, who is amazing and um, can deliver a really positive message about it, and I think that's great. Um, you know, I think a lot of factors play into it. As 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 the treatments get better, and there's you know even Pulse magazine has the most recent issue talked about like the cure possibilities on the horizon and vaccination tests and all that stuff that's great in the news helps. Any any little bit helps. I think the more we talk about it, so. That's very true. Do you think that it should be in the school system to be talked about? Like I know there's all public and all all those kind of schools. It's such an issue to talk about um, gay, lesbian, transgendered, anything. Do you think that AIDS will ever make its way into the school, um, you know, health classes, whatever it may be? Well, that's assuming there are even health classes. <laughs> You know, that's unfortunate. I mean, they, the only thing that the schools can really even talk about, you know, a lot of them are abstinence only. And so, yeah. you know, I think it's they got a long ways to go. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so thanks for calling in from Canada, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Right on. Have a good night. Let's see. I have one more caller, area code 816. Name and where are you calling from? Oh, I guess that's me. <laughs> Hi, this is Hi. Trish. Hi, I'm from Kansas City, originally a New Yorker. Um, I, met, I, I, I hear that, Jack. New Yorker, New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I met you, Jack. You were here, uh, last time you were here, I met you. Uh, you and okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, um, yeah, great conversation. I love it. Um, and I'm what I always call the disclosure whore. Um, I, I disclose all the time. Uh, Love yeah, it. I had to coin that a friend of mine, uh, Laureen, and I uh, coined several years back. But um, you know, I mean, I, I've been positive since '89, and you know, was in denial for 11 years, the stigma and all of that. And um, you know, you guys get all that. But you know, when I when I realized, you know, that that, that I needed to accept this, you know, for myself, and say, hey, you know, okay, this is what it is. You know, basically, um, I, I started started thinking. You know, this is my fate. You know, um, I, it's. I mean, it's a weird thing to say, but when I got to that point, that's when I realized. You know, why am I so worried about what other people are thinking? You know, and yeah, and I understand all that, and I get it. Um, you know, that stigma and discrimination that that some people may you know feel and and, and experience, but I. Um, you know, I just found myself always fighting through it, and so uh, and so now I'm a disclosure whore. I do it at any given moment. I don't care. Who knows? Um, but I think when I go out speaking, um, and I just did a speaking engagement the other night for a bunch of kids, 
12 to 14 years old. And what I hit on, and I did this in one of the black churches as well recently, uh, when was it, uh, during the Black Week Church, Black Church Week of Prayer, um, I just kept saying and hitting on it that HIV is a human condition. You know, the H in HIV stands for human. And you know what? People get it. They're getting it. Um, and I use that every time I speak. And I, and I hope that, you know, others of us, positive people can can get to that and do that. Um, because when you talk about it in a human, as a human condition, you know, you, you've, you, they're, they're still, gonna, of course, they're going to take care of, you know, people, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I think that, um, you know, from the get-go, this is just always spoken about in the wrong tone, um, and we never hit on it that it is a human condition. No, I think um, you're right. Yeah. You know, I think you know a lot of times it, it becomes, it becomes, especially when you're speaking to a group, it's like us and us and them. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, that's a person with HIV. That's not me. And I think that's a great way to bridge, so people can say, like, listen, this happens. This affects everyone, regardless of your status right now. But you know, it's it's something we should all be concerned about and all talking about. Yes, I um I totally agree that um you know that's kind of why we do the show and I uh, that's why you know I'm sure a day with HIV in America was created to humanize the disease and let people see that they are not alone and that people living with HIV do everything whether it's swimming or um, you know kissing their partner or or well is it taking their meds or just walking their dog, all these things people with HIV do have normal, productive lives, and that's what makes this campaign so great, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's great. Well, we have a lot of callers. <laughs> Jeff is so damn popular. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you know, you guys have a great show. Um, I, I really enjoy coming on. I appreciate you having me on again. Um, and, um, and uh, you I know, think anytime- you know what? I think next year. I mean, I, I, I. First of all, I, there was a question I meant to ask, which I forgot. Because you had those great little books. That, were those just made for the AIDS convention? The- yeah. yeah. Oh, great. I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, so we are um, going into our second printing. <laughs> so yeah, we just had a few printed up for the conference. So um, Jack's referring to a a book that uh, we put together. Um, with uh, even more photos from the campaign than are in the magazine, and it's a nice little, um, uh, little small little kind of coffee table kind of book. Um, but it's uh, you know it's on a little nicer paper, and it looks really sharp. And uh, people were really uh, really interested in it at the conference, and so we're going to be printing up some more, and you'll read more about it in our next issue. So will they people be able to buy them? Or yeah, yeah. Work? So. Okay. Um, you know, well, uh, we just asked for a donation, but um, if we certainly will uh, um, uh, be uh, make them available to folks if they want them. Awesome. And then yeah. I think, I mean, you know, let us know. You're doing this again next year, I'm assuming, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, good. So we have to start promoting it because it's such a great. It's. I think it's just so point. A photograph. You know. It's, you know. They say it speaks. However many thousand words, words. yeah, a thousand words. I'm, I'm tired. Something like it's, it's that. Fifty words, sixty words. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of words. <laughs> no, but, no, um, that's great. But no, those, there's some really poignant things in there, and it's like they're really moving photos when people thanks. are exposing something so personal. So we'll have to promote the hell out of it. Well, like, thanks. I really. appreciate that. I'll be sure to let you know. You'll be the first guy to know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Good. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for hanging out with us this hour and, and taking calls with us. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for, again for having me. And um, uh, if I don't talk to you, um, uh, have a great week. And we will see you soon somewhere, I'm sure. All right. <laughs> All right. All thanks. right. Bye. Bye-bye. And remember, folks, you can find uh, more information on Jeff. You can go to PositivelyAware.com. Uh, check that out. And also all the photos that were submitted for A Day with HIV in America can be found at adaywithhivinamerica.com. You can find Jack's, mine, and everyone else who submitted one there. The phones were ringing yeah. off the hook tonight. They were. We're so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Um, oh, my. Uh, so, did you see I made that 100? Uh, I guess they call, it's not, I like to call that 100. Or no, not that 100, the pause 
100 lists or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, well, it's actually not. It's not like the most fabulous 100 people, whatever. Like, you know how Out, Out Magazine does that. But it was just like right. 100 things we love. And Annie Lennox was in it. Liz Taylor's on the cover. But it was like just about like some 100 great things that happened this year kind of in the whole HIV thing. And so they actually they, um, they plugged my calendar, which was Groovy, they're like, which I thought was really cool. And actually, they plugged my Twitter, which I was like, um, have you followed my Twitter? <laughs> are, you, are you sure you want to promote my Twitter account? But anyway, so I was actually was really honored. So that was groovy. That that made my week. Oh, yeah, your tweets are something else. <laughs> I was just reading them today. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Too much. So we have actually some great guests coming up um, for the next month in December because actually uh, we obviously will only have three shows next week, next month, um, and whatever the dates are. I know the fourth. On the fourth, we have a gentleman by the name of Bob Skinner uh, will be coming on and sharing his story living with HIV, so I'm excited to have him on. And then uh, the next Sunday after that, we're going to have a gentleman by the name of Aaron who um, is originally from Philly, and he writes – basically, I guess, an article every week in the Philadelphia Gay News paper here. And he writes about, you know, HIV subjects, whether it's disclosure or, you know, dating or things along that nature. So he's going to come on um, and talk about his story and things that he writes about for the PGN. And then on the 18th, which is going to be our last show for the year, um, what's her name? Bishop. um, Oh, my God, I'm Joyce, Joyce Kelleher. Why am I drawing a blank right now? Um, Are you drunk? No, I'm not drunk. (laughs) (laughs) That's something Joni would say to me. I'm just kidding. No, her name is uh, Bishop Joyce Turner Keller. Um, If you were at the ADAPT Advocacy Association um, Conference in D.C. this um, July, you heard her speak. Uh, She talked about where are you you at? She kept asking the question, where is everybody at? Um, She had... The house rolling. It was an awesome presentation, and she's going to come on and share her story of being a you know a bishop and living with HIV and all the great things that she does in the South because she's from the South. So I'm really excited to have her on. She's awesome. Oh, good. Well, try to remember her name when she's on. That would help. Because we thanks a lot. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy! What am I going to do with you? <laughs> Uh, I think I'm living living from too much sun, but God. Too much sun, yeah, I'm sure. You'll be be home before you know it, back in the rain. It'll be raining by the time you get back. I know, it's freezing. I know. Whatever. But I'm traveling. I'm traveling a lot. So if anyone hears this and they are in, I'm going to be in, for World AIDS Day, I'm at, it's this I, Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, Illinois, which I don't know where the hell that is, but it's, it's a small little town. <laughs> and then I'm going right after that to Omaha, Nebraska, and hopefully I'm going to hang with Janine. And um, we're going to do well, – oh, yeah, honey, we're going to we're gonna take pictures and then send them to you, and um, we're going to make fun of you. But that's our goal. Right. No, um, I'm doing the Night of a Thousand Stars and then a brunch, so it should be fun. That's awesome. Actually, on um, World AIDS Day here in Philly, I'll be speaking at Philadelphia University, so um, uh, people can come check that out. I'll post information about that. But I was just asked last week, so I'm kind of excited about that. Um, you know, because it's the first time I'll be speaking on World AIDS Day, so for me it's something. Oh, good. <laughs> so other than that, um, the show's probably almost over. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in. All the first-time listeners were here every Sunday at 9 p.m. Uh, you can find more information on the fabulous Jack McEnroth at jackmackenroth.com. More information on myself and the radio show at pauseim.com. Jack, have a great week. You too. And I can't wait to see all your World AIDS Day posts. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Sleep right, well. Have a great night. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>
I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS. And you can find more information on our radio show and our social network at www.posiam.com. Thank you and have a great night.